Welcome to the Copy Room Chat, the podcast for educators just like you. Do you want to gain quick tips and tools to use in your classroom? This podcast is brought to you by the Practical Teachers and hosted by me, Renee Hirano and Amy Youngren. We are both educators and moms with 20 years of experience in education. Do you want to thrive, not just survive in your classroom? Then join us for a quick chat in the copy room. Hey teachers, welcome back to the copy room. I'm your host, Renee Hirano. And I'm Amy Youngren. And today we are chatting about the beginning of the school year and setting up for a great year. We all know summer is drawing to a close and we're gearing up for another great school year, but there are a million things to do in a very short amount of time. So Renee, I was hoping that you today could shed some light on how do you manage all the tasks that are required of you to get yourself and your new classroom ready for the start of school. Yeah, it's something that, um, you know, all, all of us think about a little bit at the beginning of summer, I think we kind of tuck it away. And as school gets closer, we start to slowly pull it out about what and how we're going to get ready for this new school year, whether you're at the same school you've always been at, or you're venturing to a new school or a new grade level, or if you are starting out your career and this is your first, um, your first classroom you're setting up on your own. And so I think the number one thing I go into the school year with in terms of setting up my classroom is really the physical space. I think about an 80-20 rule and I really think about I want 80% of the space to be student focused, to be student friendly, to be student directed, to be their space. Mm-hmm. And 20%, I would say, this is, you know, kind of a rough estimate for me of teacher space, um, mm-hmm. you know, space that's just for me or a space that we might share together. And so some concrete examples I think about is, you know, in your rooms, oftentimes you have a square room and there's four, you know, four corners, right? And so I just try to have one corner that is, that takes up, that I might take up. That's my space. That might be my filing cabinet or a bookshelf and my teacher desk. And I, I really try to minimize the amount I speak space I take up um, just for my kind of my own supplies. And I think that's just makes the classroom more inviting and really this is their space. This Mm -hmm. really is, I want this to be their classroom, our classroom. And I want it to be focused with, you know, many different areas of that 80%, whether it be a library, whether it be student stations, whether it be our small group area, right? That's a common area for the both of us, but I want it to be super functional for the, for both, for both of us. Um, You know, I think it's really important that students have a cubby or a desk or a space that is their space. Um, And then I want all the supplies, all of the materials, all of the books, all of the, the computers, the technology. I want all of that to be in a, in a space and a place that is accessible for kids 
that's comfortable, right? I want that student space to be um, ready to use. And I just want it to be open, you know, open for them. And they are going to help me kind of figure it out. I mean, I bet everybody here, you included, Amy, can think about how you set up your classroom and you think, oh, that's the way we want it. And then, you know, like changes, yeah. Three days in, you're like, oh, that didn't work. But I think I try to give it my best guess. I do try to limit the how much how much furniture I have. I want it all my all my pieces to be functional. Right. But I I think sometimes there can be too much too many things. I mean, my current classroom, like I have some round tables and some square tables. And I just realized today I just need to take some tables out and have some open space that has either like flexible seating or open space for kids to lay down and work or whatever. Right. So I just think the 80, 20 rules are really good model to keep in your head as you're setting up your classroom, because it's going to be successful for everybody because you have your own space, but they have their space. Well, right. And I really like what you said about your, the teacher space, your space, the 20%. Because I think what I heard is it's really important. I think to think through in these first few days, how to make that space, it's very important that it's efficient and functional and you can get things done quickly and you can find things quickly, but that we're doing that in a way that takes up as little space as possible. So you've got to have your your personal teacher procedures and methods for how you organize and get things done, but keeping it, I like that, in you know one of the four corners, not, you know, not more than that, so... That yes, exactly. Helpful. Yeah, exactly. I, I also liked what you said about it, you know, being inviting and welcoming and looking like it's the it's a student classroom. It's not um, a teacher workroom. And so when they walk in on those first few days, seeing their name all over the place, seeing their name, obviously, maybe maybe it's on a desk if you're in that if, if you're in that con- configuration, but definitely up on bulletin boards and supplies and um group areas and seeing their names up and seeing themselves in the classrooms. I know a lot of teachers have um, birthdays or conversation starters um, so that, again, the teachers are seeing themselves in the classroom and seeing how they're already a part of it. I have a place here. I have ownership here. And I know where to go. You know, I know that we'll, we'll talk a little about that too in those first days, but I think it's really important that it's easy for students to not only see themselves, but know how I'm going to get what I need. Like you said, having mm-hmm. the materials accessible. So do they easily know how they're going to get what they need, how they're going to get help from other students? How are they going to get help from teachers? Um, how are they going to get to and from the bathroom? How are they going to get to and from the library? Do they know how they, um, where in the classroom they go for those sorts of needs and questions? And I think having their names all over the places and um, their things, a place for all their things will, will help that so much. Yeah. And I, you know, I, that really triggered a thought in my brain about how, you know, you were talking about I'm taking this time to set up my 20%, my teacher space. Right. That's kind of that same feeling for kids, right? But they didn't have a week to think about it. Mm. I've just presented this space for them. And right. so how do they make it their own, whether they have a cubby or a desk? But, you know, it, I think it's really important um, in elementary, but I think it's also important in middle school and high school about kids having 
ownership and space someplace because I think you use the exact right word belonging, right? Yeah. I belong here and there's room for me here and I'm building a community here and I can see the other, my other classmates names here. And, right. and so I think it's almost that first step in building relationships with students is, is having that marked out for them. Like you're waiting for them and you are ready for them to come. And mm. so I think you make a really important point about being welcoming. And if we think about what it feels like to maybe be at a new school or a new grade level, what did our principal or our teammates do that made us feel welcome? And certainly having things ready for us, certainly, you know, being prepared as an adult, that would make me feel welcome. And I, I think for kids, you know, especially, you know, returning back to school this year, probably for a lot of kids, you know, yep. into the building. Um, I think it's really important that we, we, we always have those, but I think it's extra important. So I love that you, that that's you a good point. That up. It'll be exciting for them to return and find their place again. And you can always tell the difference when you enter a room. If you are you feel like you're entering a teacher's room, are you entering, you know, Mrs. Hirano's room or are you entering the third grade class of room 215, right? Like there's a difference. There's a difference. It's all of our rooms or it's your room. Yeah. And you're, I, we talked about this today, but it's, you're always also competing with like, I want it to look really great, but you know, how, how much is too much. Right. I think, and I think it's a balance. I think it's, you know, finding your way. I wouldn't say I'm was always great at this. I wouldn't say this was, you know, but I would say over time, this is kind of what I've come, I've come up with. Right. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I love that inviting part, but I think you hit on one of probably the most important thing that comes after you decide like where furniture is going to go. When you're doing that in conjunction, you're thinking about all those things you talked about, Amy. You have to plan for movement and transitions in your classroom, whether you are teaching all the subjects, whether you are just departmentalizing and teaching one or two subjects, whether you're in middle school and you rotate six blocks in our high school and you rotate six blocks a day. Mm -hmm. I think the last like really imperative thing when you set up that classroom is how am I going to have movement and transitions in my class that are safe, efficient, and effective? Mm -hmm. right? Those would be the things that you want, right? How am I going to, I mean, we all know this, right? It's that list of things, but like, how are kids going to get in and out of the classroom? And how are they going to um, get their supplies? And how are they going to use the supplies? And, you know, are, we mm -hmm. need to be able to practice. And we need, if, if we're going to have small group centers, what will that look like? How much space do I need between my desks? It seems like such a minute detail, right? But it's really important that you think about all of those things. And then you kind of what we talked about, you adjust, right? I might yeah. think this is perfect right now, but when kids get in the mix, oh, it doesn't right. flow like I thought it was going to flow. Or right. I need a new procedure for that, right? But, you know, I really do try to think about all of those things um, ahead of time mm -hmm. so that I'm prepared with a system. And then oftentimes kids will show you a better system because they'll, that's true. That's the way they'll gravitate to it. And you, you have to be open to that, right? You have to be, now some might have a reason why we don't, you know, go right next to the computer cart. Right. But the mm -hmm. others might just be, you thought it worked better this way, but actually kids can go right down the center and it gets faster. Right. right? And so I think we have to also be open to those types of transitions 
as well as don't be afraid to switch it up. Don't be afraid to say, oh, well, you know, I'll be honest. I can tell you this. This year I'm debating between having round tables, two tables, like half moons that make a round or using rectangular tables. And I, because I've always used rectangular tables, I, I think, oh, those are the best. But I'm really like trying to push myself to try these circle tables and see how it works. Mm-hmm. I know it seems kind of um, trivial, no. but it's really been no. this kind of like, I like went and did some, like, what's the best way? And, you know, all these things. And so I'm really trying to force myself to try circle tables Yeah, to, to have five at a table um, and see how it goes and be open to it. And so yeah. I'm pushing myself this year, Amy, to try circle tables. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but I've had to come no, to it's a big yeah. transitions. But maybe kids will be really successful, right? You know, with that with that setup. So you'll find, and I, it's so. I mean, it's so important. You said thinking all this through beforehand. The kids will tell you if it's working or not, and you'll flex. Yes, of course. But when we're so pressured for time, um, to have all that figured out beforehand, so your transitions take seconds instead of minutes. And you'll figure that out. Like the round tables are going to even either be the greatest thing you've discovered or nope, I'm going back to how I always did it because that was the best way. And you'll flex and figure it out. But um, having the courage to do that, I think is awesome. Yeah. So I'll let you know. <laughs> right. You let us all know. Um, yeah. So, so I the- think I think those things setting up our classroom, I think if we keep those in mind. Yep. I think it's going to be, it makes it all more manageable for us. I agree. The other thing I wanted to ask you about managing the first days of school, actually the days before the first days of school, we know there's a ton of PD and a ton of school-wide deliverables. Um, Just a, a lot being asked on your time. You've got your personal list of stuff that you need to get done for your classroom. And then you have all the, Uh, requirements coming at you for your time and um, deliverables that you need to have in the next couple weeks. How do you manage all of that? (laughs) Wow. It's, you know, we all can, I think we all can relate to that, right? We have our own, like, I think you said it right. We have our kind of our own personal list that we're thinking about, but then in those PDs, we're given really good nuggets of information. And I think that's, that's how I really go into PDs is I'm thinking about, I know someone put time and effort into this. And so what can mm. I come away with that's going to best help me? And I think at the beginning of the year, I think those are the things you need to look for, which are like what you might hear as non-negotiables, must do, tight, um, deliverables, right? Mm-hmm. Schools might say any of those words. And those are the things I think at the beginning of the year you need to like latch onto and and write down and think about, right? So when I think about a non-negotiable, it's like our lesson plans are going to be turned in on Mondays, right? Right. I'm not into the nitty gritty of like what's in my lesson plan yet, but I'm just like, yep, on Mondays, I'm going to have that done. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're going to talk about, you know, school-wide behavior expectations, Right. And so I'm going to listen to the must do's or those tights that they give you, which is we're going to have posters. I need you to teach the expectations to all your students. Right. Right. And so, you know, I think as you are in those PDs, 
you negotiate by really listening to those things that are the non-negotiable, those tight. And really, what do you need for the first couple days, the first week of school? That's what you focus on. That doesn't mean that we forget about or leave out, um, you know, those other things that they've talked about, which are important. Sure. Like, you can only do so much. Yeah. You know, oh, you, you might find that actually today in a training, I like this, the teacher, the, the leader said, we're going to bookmark this page because I know you're going to need it later. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's like almost like a good system for your own self, right? Like even if you're taking notes, right? Like if you put a little bookmark by it or it you just bookmark it in on the computer, it was like, uh, you know, our referral system or um, to put students through MTSS, right? And sure. so I kind of liked that analogy that she gave that like, I know you're going to need this later today. You might like today, it might be overwhelming, but I want to give you all this information. And so have a system for, you know, filing away, bookmarking what you're going to need because when you need it, it will be there <laughs> because yeah. you don't need it today. And a so system I think of remembering that. So, you know how to go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's all important information. You know, I think admin teams and they spend a lot of times trying to really think about, you know, what we need and what their school needs. And, you know, and I think I really try to honor that, but I also do think, you know, keep a running list of the things you're ta- you need to get done. Mm-hmm. Keep a running list and, you know, try to utilize and maximize the time that you are at school so that you're not at school for a million hours, you know, yeah. you know, and I know that's hard at the beginning of the year. It is extra. It, there is extra time maybe needed, but I think also um, just, you know, keeping that list and thinking, okay, what do I need to maybe get through the first couple days and then kind of spread yourself out? Because we all know the first couple days don't look like the rest of the year, True. but they're so important that, that's the time and energy you should be putting into them, which is, you know, making sure you have set yourself up for, you know, teaching and helping your kids learn how to be in school. Right. And so I think, I think that's, uh, you know, like I said, the bookmark was kind of my big takeaway. I think it's important that you, um, and you are thinking about all these things. I mean, we've all been in a meeting where we're thinking about a million things, right. Right. But I think pulling out those non-negotiables, those nuggets, um, and especially I think about how your school's building community, because we all want to build a great community in our classroom, but it really starts with being part of that bigger community. That's true. And, you know, honoring the work that makes you all a community, right? Because you could, you don't want to be a great classroom community without being part of the larger school community as a whole right and i think a lot can you know comes goes from the being a good school community bleeds right into your good school you're a good classroom community right so you know you know this is an area every year i'm working on but i think that's what i always listen for is like what are my must do's what is my principal need for me what does my coach need for me um and i write those things down because i you know i i want to do a great job right and that's helpful. You've got, you can only do so much. So we have to get very good at triaging that. We do. So what I'm hearing today as for our, uh, our 
practical tip and our takeaway from um, our chat today is, you know, as you're thinking about your classroom and setting up for the students to arrive, I hear you saying it's so important to build the big picture together. So you've thought it through ahead of time, but you haven't filled it all up. You haven't checked all the boxes. You haven't um, made all the decisions. You've left some room in there for the kids to fill up the space. Um, for the kids to feel, to find themselves, feel their sense of belonging and stay flexible and open to, to making some changes as you see the need. True. True. I think that's, I mean, I think you could say that for both parts, right? The big picture is how do I get this year started? Right. What am I thinking for this year? How do I make this like, you know, start the canvas out, right? How do I think that? And then I'm going to fill it in. I'm going to, create this wonderful year, but I'm just going to put this, I like this whole idea of the big picture, right? But I'm going to make the outlines. I'm going to put the borders on my bulletin boards, but I'm going to wait for the student work to go up there. I'm going to wait for that um, social contract that we make together. I'm, we're going to build the, the room together, but Love that. that big idea together. So yeah. Love that. Outlines, think, outlines first, think through the outlines, but allow space for them to fill it in. I love that. Excellent. I agree. So let's build the big picture together, everybody. Um, thanks again for joining us and we'll chat again soon. Thanks again for joining us here at Copy Room Chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click the button so you don't miss any of the chat. And remember, head over to www.thepracticalteachers.com for more resources and to sign up for our monthly newsletter.